My favourite story is Brad Pitt and the, the dead tumble dryer repairman. And I honestly have to say, I don't think I'm ever going to top that. Every time someone comes in and I, I put a new tweet up, I think, oh, if only it was Brad Pitt and the dead body. I, I'm just never going to get better. This is Lock and Code, a Malwarebytes podcast. I'm your host, David Reese. Our main story today is about romance scams, and specifically, it's about turning the tables on romance scammers. In November of last year, a woman named Becky Holmes received an unexpected display of affection from a fellow on Twitter whose display name was, quote, Pilot Mark Patrick. And Pilot Mark Patrick said, I really like you a lot, and I can't wait for you to be my soulmate forever, Becky. And, okay, already in that message, you can see some of the telltale signs of a romance scam. We've talked about romance scams on this show before, about the real dangers they present, about the vulnerable communities that scammers target, and about how these things work. Uh, Remember, a romance scam can take months to pull off, and it often starts with a stranger telling you online that they find you beautiful, that they just want to get to know you. And if you do engage with them in almost any way, They have the perfect response. They also love traveling. They also love the same shows you watch. They can see that you're a radiant, devoted, wonderful person. They can see you in their lives forever. And sometimes, uh, by the way, they may also be a celebrity, which we will get to. But for people who are widowed or divorced or just lonely and unaware. This type of constant affection can feel good. But these are, after all, the words of scammers. At some point, after a scammer establishes an emotional connection, they will claim to be in danger or to have a problem with their credit card or their small business or to just be in any variety of jam that requires money their victims' money to solve. Romance scams are serious, and yet to those of us on the outside, they can appear silly, because we're not in the situation. And so sometimes, I am sure, some of us think, if we were proposed to so bluntly, what would we do? For Becky Holmes, that answer is clear. She puts scammers on their heels. The following is the actual direct message conversation that Becky had with, remember, pilot Mark Patrick. Becky says, are you in Bristol at the moment? Perhaps I could visit this afternoon. And the pilot, I'm still in the States right now. We'll be flying to Sweden this afternoon. I wish I could kiss you, hon. Becky, I could fly to Sweden too, then we could meet. The pilot, oh, you don't have to do that, Becky. I will come to you soon. Don't worry about that. I will come to you very soon. Becky, it's fine. I want to. Which airport in Sweden are you flying into? The pilot, Stockholm, Arlanda Airport. Becky, okay, what time? 
the pilot, will be leaving this afternoon. Becky, what time does your flight arrive in Stockholm? And here, Becky ratchets up the pressure, actually. She sends a photo of her luggage getting packed, and she says, I am packing. And the pilot, it appears, loses track of whatever script he typically relies on for these scams, saying, wow, you looking so beautiful and sexy. Oh, come on, Becky, hold on for now, and let's done knowing more about each other. You love tattoos? And Becky says, you said you wanted to kiss me. And the pilot, yeah, I did because you're so beautiful and I'm willing to spend the rest of my life with you only. And Becky says, great, shall I look into getting married in Stockholm? Becky keeps this up, saying she's booked a hotel in Stockholm and then a flight, and she shares a screenshot of the alleged costs of the flight, and then she shares a picture of her local airport as though she's inside of it, and then she waits six hours, she sends a final message saying she's landed in Stockholm, and then she is blocked. It seems that pilot Mark Patrick was not as interested in love as he claimed. And now, while this may be one of very few stories that you've heard that go like this, the truth is, Becky has a ton more, and we are going to talk to her about it. Today, to help us get a look at what it's like to push back on romance cameras, why she does it, what she's learned, and what are the most interesting stories she has. We're speaking with Becky Holmes, who, by the way, is releasing a book on some of these experiences very soon called Keanu Reeves is Not in Love with You. Becky, welcome to the show. Thanks, David. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. I think there's a ton to get into. And before we get into the stories themselves, Mm. which I do want to hear, I did have just a big kind of burning question at the very outset, which is, why do you do this? Well, to to be honest with you, it started off just boredom during lockdown. Um, That is purely how it started. I I joined Twitter because I had absolutely nothing to do and I was fed up. So that's how it started. And I I sort of start, I I put the um, screenshots up online and, and my audience grew and it seemed to go down really well. So then I kind of was getting off on the fact that I was making people laugh and, you know, people were looking forward to the next instalment of whichever love affair I was in at that point. And it just went from there. And then I carried on doing it because uh, people started messaging me privately on, on Twitter or Instagram or whatever and saying, look, I'm actually somebody who's been a victim of, of romance fraud. So then I started talking to people about the more serious side and it just snowballed, really. Was there like a superhero origin story moment? And like the question is like, what was the first one? You know, like, do you still remember that? <laughs> Oh, I do remember it. Um, And actually, uh, brilliantly, his name was Raymond. So I've managed to call it in the book, that chapter, Everybody Loves Raymond. And I was just so thankful for that. Um, So this guy, unfortunately for him, was kind of the first one that I thought, oh, do you know what? I've had enough of you. Because I'd been (laughs) deleting and blocking all these people. And then this one guy, this poor Raymond, came up. Hello, dear. You're so lovely, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, right, that's it. I'm bored and I'm grumpy and I've had enough. So I I thought, I wonder, 
what I can get away with with this particular person. And I just came up with all this absolute nonsense. And he stuck to his script religiously. I'll give him that. He was, you know, (laughs) he was really committed to his script. And it got to the point where I was asking him to insert vegetables into places where you wouldn't normally insert vegetables. And he was still not cottoning on. And this went on for a really long time. And and it was it was sort of the interaction with him where I thought, oh, do you know, I could I could do more of this. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, it's probably Raymond. <laughs> I like that you already are thinking of it in terms of like, what can I get away with? Is that like a win in your book of like I asked for this ludicrous thing and either asking for the ludicrous thing and them sticking on script or them breaking from script. Like, are those are those wins, I guess? Oh, do you know what? Every time one of them engages, for me, it's a win. Um, <laughs> just because I'm, I'm automatically thinking, oh, what can I say to you that I've never said to anybody else? You know, this is great. I've got complete freedom here. But yeah, I, I think I like it the most when they suddenly cotton on and they get really confused. So I like to tell a lot of them that um, I collect corpses or, you know, <laughs> something which makes me, you know, I've got heads in jars, you know, and I'm a, I'm a serial killer and I look forward to meeting them because I want to put them on my shelf of bodies or whatever. And it, I've done one with Keanu Reeves today where the person suddenly said, what do you mean you kill people? And I thought, oh, yes, you are reading this. And that's great for me. I love that. <laughs> and this guy said to me, um, he said, what do you mean you, you kill people? And I said, well, you just you don't need to know. And then he went back to his script. So- <laughs> <laughs> I love this idea that like he... Like he's returning to the script also as a as a sense of safety, you know. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to touch this. <laughs> no, absolutely. I had a, a fantastic one. Oh, it's months and months ago now, where I was talking to somebody pretending to be Brad Pitt, and I took a picture of my friend on my kitchen floor, covered in ketchup, with this knife next to him, and I sent this picture to this person pretending to be Brad Pitt. And I said, Brad, I've done something awful. I've killed a tumble dryer repairman and I don't know what to do. So without any kind of hesitation, this Brad Pitt said, "Um, don't worry, I know somebody in the army who will help you. And then he started messaging me from a different number, pretending to be a general in the army. And he would send somebody round from the UK army to dispose of this body for £30,000. It was glorious. Absolutely glorious. <laughs> that's insane, by the way. Like, that's like... Uh, on <laughs> Yeah. The fact that I feel like that scammer was also excited because they're like, I can get creative about this one, which yeah. is insane. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. But I will say it did end up with a bit of a serious side because, Mm -hmm. and this was my fault, I made a dreadful mistake. So normally I'm really good at keeping my email address and my phone number away from people. But on this particular occasion, without going into the technology behind it, I gave away my phone number. So this person was able to WhatsApp me and I ended up with an absolute ton of death threats from this particular person. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah, because... I'd, they'd given me the number of this bank in America in which to transfer money to dispose of this corpse, obviously. Um, And I'd contacted the bank and said, look, this is being used as a mule account and they'd shut it down. So of course the the scammers were not happy. They, They sent me quite a few nasty messages. 
I'm sorry that that happened. And also, the only word I can use here is I'm really impressed also that like it's not just toying with people on Twitter. The fact that you reached out to the bank and said like, look, this is a this is an uh, illicit like account. Does that happen? Like often do you take it to another level of like, look, I'm actually helping shut these things down because that is just impressive. That's all. Yes, certainly. So it doesn't happen a lot purely because I never really get to the point with them where they send me specific bank accounts. But of course, when they have sent me a bank account and said, you know, can you you know, send money here, then I've I've gone straight to the bank. And some of them are very responsive and, and some of them unfortunately aren't. It depends on their, you know, their, their own policy, I guess. But I always try and do my best. But as I say, because I sort of mess around with these people, it doesn't get to that point very often. And also, a lot of the scammers that I deal with, they want Amazon cards or iTunes vouchers or, you know, PayPal transactions. So they don't always want something through the bank anyway. Oh, and crypto, of course, you know, they they want Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. Of the many scam encounters that you've had, I do have a favourite, and that's a weird word, right? But I do have a favourite, <laughs> and it's this fellow whose name is, I believe, Zeltenis. Zeltenis, can you please just share the saga of Zeltenis? Okay, so, well, I, I don't know how you pronounce it. I've always pronounced it Zeltenis, but this guy, he he messaged me and said that he'd found my profile and, and wasn't I just amazing? And he said that he was uh, an oil rig engineer, which is a big thing for scammers. A lot of them use that particular occupation. And he said he wanted to come and meet me because he thought we had a future together. We hadn't actually had a conversation at this point, but he could tell just by looking at me that we were going to have a future. Yeah, so we we were going to have a future together. He wanted to come and meet me, but in order to get time off the oil rig, it was going to cost 3,000 and something pounds or dollars or whatever it is he put it in. Now, I thought, well, I don't have that money lying around. So what would I do? I think I'd go and visit him. Now, fortunately, a few months before, I'd been on holiday with my mum to Iceland and I'd got her to take photos of me doing various things because I thought they're going to come in handy. So I said to this Zeltinus, look, don't worry about coming to see me. I'll come to see you. And I sent a picture of me in a boat and he said, what are you doing? Well, what? You can't find me. I'm in the sea. And I said, no, no, don't worry. I'll find you. It's okay. And he said, no, no, you, you can only get to the oil rig by helicopter. So what do you know? Mum and I had had a, a helicopter trip. So I sent him a picture of me in a helicopter and said, it's okay. I'm on my way. Um, and this went on for ages with him getting more and more panicked. And I really, really enjoyed it. And then... Um, I sent him a picture of me sort of struggling in, in some ice. And I said, oh, no, you know, the helicopter's crashed and now I'm having to eat the pilot. <laughs> um, and I sent him a picture of um, a shoe and a pair of underpants from my friend. And I said, this is all that's left. Um, and this guy did not know what was going on. And he was still sort of trying to say, oh, but could you send me some money? Um, and I was completely ignoring it and pretending that I was being savaged by wild beasts. And it went on for so long and it was joyous. It was just, I loved it. I loved every second of it. <laughs> I also enjoy that, like, in these stories, the way that you are causing panic is that you are one you're like you're breaking the script you're you're saying like look i'm going to i'm going to meet you you're actually dialing up what they do even further yes you are correct i do want to spend the rest of my life with you i'm going to find you right now 
and also <laughs> that the tone is always like, oh, don't worry about it. I got this. Like you're. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like to sort of take control. I do it uh, particularly with um, with these ones pretending to be celebrities. Uh, I like to I like mm-hmm. to be in control of, of of those guys as well. I'm glad you brought that up because there's a lot here where like a lot of scammers pose as celebrities, and mm. I, I are there some that like are more popular than others, or are, are they? Uh, yeah, I just well, want to understand that world a little bit more. Yeah, so Keanu Reeves is insanely popular. Now, interestingly, he's famously not on any social media. And only a few months ago, his publicist came out and said, look, you know, he's not on social media. He's never planning to be on it. If you get a message from him, it's a scam. Because obviously they've been made aware. Now, I I mean, the number of Keanu's out there is just insane. There's also Johnny Depp, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Gerard, but basically anybody you can think of. And a lot of people have said to me, well, you know, what could they possibly come up with to say that they need money for, given that these guys are multi, multi-millionaires? But there are a number of things that they will do. So the most popular one, in my experience is that they will say that they really, really want to meet you, but their management is insisting that you pay a meet and greet fee because otherwise they can't justify this, that and the other. And it's down to the management. And, that you know, this celebrity uh. really hopes that you can do it because he feels that you've got something and this is a way for you to meet. So once you said, OK, I'll pay, they then give you a number of levels. So, of course, the gold standard will be just you and the celebrity. So, of course, you know, obviously you're going to want that one. Yeah. <laughs> then there's kind of, you know, the next level down will be like a dinner for, say, 10 of you or, or whatever. So there's that one. Another popular one is that they will want you to donate to a charity because they will say that the person who is going to win their heart really would be a charitable person and the sort of person that would give to charity. So, of course, if you send them money, they will send it straight to the charity and you will have proved the kind of woman that you are. There are a number of these things and, you know, you can, they'll ask you to to pay money to go to a private gig if it's a musician, for example. There's all sorts. They've got it all covered. I think the management fee one is particularly interesting because it like sets up this weird, like, they're not the adversary like and they can't be because yeah they've created this other thing like oh look i want to get this done but like can you believe you know it's like it's like me saying like oh dude i i feel you but like my boss is not gonna let me you know like yeah and they're they're multi-millionaires they're sort of building up like a you and me against the world type thing and you know like we're partners together against them and you know so it's making you feel like you've already got something in common wow so psychologically, it's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely what I was thinking too. Like psychologically, they, they find so many ways to kind of build a rapport. Definitely. Something else uh, that I noticed in the stories already is that you get like your friends and family are like down to help. <laughs> and like your friend posing on the on the floor, like with, with ketchup and your mom taking photos of this trip in Iceland. And <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wanted to just know like, do your friends and family just do they love doing this as well? Yeah, so I've got, I've got one friend in particular, the one who was covered in ketchup on the floor. He's always the one. I'll, I'll ring him up and I'll say, "Look, can you uh, take a photo of me holding a particularly amusing vegetable, please?" And he won't even question it anymore. He'll just say, "Yeah, I'll be around in ten minutes." And, and, <laughs> and that's sort of how 
it is. And I'll ring him up and say, look, I need to go into town. I need to be seen doing this on the floor outside a bank. And, yeah, yeah, all right, I'll be around in half an hour. So there is no longer a point where any questions are asked. It's just, can you do this? Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I wanted to go back to really quick is that you said with Saltinus that the oil rig occupation is popular. Can you help me understand why? Yes. So oil rigs are popular as are military personnel. And the reasons really are the same in that we as lay people who don't have experience in either of those areas, we don't really know what goes on in those worlds. So it's much easier for a scammer to tell us a load of lies and for us not to necessarily be able to go back and say that's not true. So with the oil rig, for example, I've no idea what happens on an oil rig. Um, I've seen some films. <laughs> yeah, um, same. I got no yeah. clue. <laughs> so when they say, for example, I'm not allowed to video call. Well, before I started writing the book and looking into it, I wouldn't have known that's not true. You know, if, if they say, oh, I need some money for this... I didn't realise that they don't even take money to the oil rigs because what do they need it for? You know, everything is is paid. Oh. Similarly, uh, on the oil rig, some will say, oh, you know, I've, I've damaged some tools and I'm a contractor here, which means that I need to pay to repair them. Well, again, that's simply not true um, because everything's covered by insurance. And again... If they say I've had an accident, I've got to be flown off the rig by a helicopter, but my insurance doesn't cover such a large accident. You know, I need some help. Again, not true. But the point is that if you're emotionally involved with somebody, you won't necessarily think those things through. You know, and the same with if a soldier is telling you that he's in Syria, I don't know what happens in a war zone. All I know that it's absolutely horrendous. So if somebody's saying to me, I can't house my platoon, I can't feed my my soldiers, if you're emotionally involved with somebody, I, I don't know, would you, the first thing you do would, would be to go back and say that's nonsense? I don't know. They're, they're very clever the way that they do it. Yeah, I hadn't thought of, I didn't know that there were so many ways that they propose that we have no portal into. Like, like you said, I, I don't. I didn't know that like money, like a currency is not a thing that has to be worried about on an oil rig. Like Absolutely, yeah. I just don't know those things. And yeah, they're very clever. Um, I wanted to also ask you, you know, in the way that like I was saying like, hey, look, I have this favorite one and it's Ziltinus. I wanted to ask you, do you have a favorite scammer, which is odd again, but or, or even just a favorite story? I think my favourite story is Brad Pitt and the, the dead tumble dryer repairman. And I honestly have to say, I don't think I'm ever going to top that. <laughs> Every time someone comes in and I, I put a new tweet up, I think, oh, if only it was Brad Pitt and the dead body. I, I'm just never going to get better. And like you, I'm very, very, very fond of Zeltinus. I mean, how could you not be? So I don't know. I just... Every week that goes by, I sort of hope that a new one will come along. And I, I need to, because I've been so busy writing, I've probably neglected my Twitter more than I would have done prior to, to finishing the book. So I need to start now putting a bit more thought into what I'm going to ask my friend to photograph and what I'm going to put up next. <laughs> the story of Zeltinus, I think this happened. I could be wrong. So apologies. But you got contacted by that individual's, I guess, account again, but then they weren't, like they acted like there was, well, they acted like there was no history between you two. Um, and 
did that happen or am I just misremembering yes. something there? Yeah. Okay. So, and it's very, very common. So the guy who, or, or girl, but, but probably a guy who was pretending to be Zeltinus wasn't from the UK. You could tell from his use of language. And often these people will work kind of in gangs and they'll do shifts. So it is possible that when you're talking to one person, let's say in this case, Zeltinus, you could be talking to three, four, five different people. And sometimes they're a little bit lazy and they don't look back to your previous <laughs> conversation. So I've had so many conversations with a Keanu where, you know, I've said I'll kill the queen or something. I mean, I've never said that, but <laughs> let's just say that I've said that. And then the next, the next day it's completely ignored. And it's because the person who's taken over hasn't looked up what's what's last been said so it's it's really 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 common that's a shame you know <laughs> like yeah, you yeah. want them to put in the work uh, which is a crazy thing to say i also didn't know that they that that it can be three or four people that there is a some loose organization to this crime i guess yeah certainly so if if you look at let's take the west coast of africa because unfortunately stereotype as it is there are still a, a large portion of romance fraud that comes from Nigeria and Ghana. Uh -huh. And what you'll find is that in a lot of the cases, it's a group of people and they'll sit around in somebody's house and they've, you know, they've got their own laptops each and they're just kind of doing their stuff. And they can, you know, share tips. They can help with warnings. They can, you know, it, some of them, there is an organised business model on occasion so they can be working for somebody who's kind of moved up the ranks and that person can be working for somebody else and it works a bit like a pyramid scheme in some instances yeah it's just something we hear about in like more advanced cybercrime and knowing that it also trickles down like this these organizational structures also happen in like romance scams it's just it's just wild to find out that's all I did want to pivot here a bit to something we were talking about a little bit earlier, right? Like what you can get away with. And there are definitely people I, I have seen who you can scare away on your first couple of messages. But on one side of the spectrum, we also have like for Zeltinus, right? You told him that you had to visit your mother who lives, quote, on a distant star it usually takes 1 million light years to get there, but I have a Mazda MX-5, so I got there a little quicker. <laughs> and all he said was, okay, I understand, so how's your mom doing? <laughs> and yeah. that feels a little unfair. Like, it feels like you were really trying to earn something there, and he just didn't give it. And yet, you also have someone on the other side of the spectrum who you told them that, like, immediately when, when, they, when they proposed to you, that you were interested in like cannibalism and you oh, yes. were interested yeah, in yep. eating part of him. <laughs> and he turned around. He was, I am, I gotta get that. I gotta get the hell out of here. This is not what I want. <laughs> yes. And so there's, there's a lot in there to ask, what is the most you've gotten away with? Oh, that is such a tough question. Cause when <laughs> you're talking two years worth of nonsense here, <laughs> I don't know what this says about me as a person, but I do talk about cannibalism quite a lot. I've suddenly realised how much I talk about it. But I do seem to get away with that quite a lot. <laughs> I, was, I guess the, the dead body stuff as well, I quite enjoy. I also, um, I like to tell people that I have a different address each time. Um, and I come up with, I mean, 
this is going to be sent out to polite people, so I won't talk about the sort of addresses that I that I say. But I like to uh, come up with really uh, horrible places based on body parts and things that might happen uh, to body parts. So when people say where do you live, I'll say, oh, I live in the UK near London in a in a village called X Y Z. Now I have never been picked up on one of those. No one has ever said, well, that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so I love getting away with those. Absolutely love it. Is there anything that you've really wanted to be the thing that throws someone off script and it just didn't and in the same way that like throwing someone off script is like a win i would interpret it as that way is there anything where you're like oh like i should have gone harder like i should have like you see it as like i i didn't do what i wanted to do i suppose maybe but i guess also from my perspective, because I kind of have a good time doing this, these silly things. Oh, yeah. It's almost, I guess, if I can drag it out for longer as well, it's quite good fun. Um, so if I can keep them on script, but also say the most outrageous things and how, you know, and, and amuse myself, then it's a bit of a win for me as well, if I'm honest. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up that like dragging it on. How long do these things typically go? Well, let me think. Now, Zeltinus, he still contacts me occasionally, but it's not, it's obviously not the same one. It will be somebody else from that sort of group. He's been on the scene, it's got to be four or five months. Basically, what happens is, and I'm, I'm sure you know this already, but they will contact people on, let's say, Twitter or Instagram, because they're the platforms that, that I know. Now, because you can be kicked off Twitter or Instagram, they will desperately try and get you onto a different platform straight away. They love WhatsApp. They love Google Chat. Uh, now, I never gave out my number, but I but I set up a separate Google chat. Now, once they get you onto there, they can't be kicked off because it's not monitored. So that being the case, they can contact you forevermore. So that's, uh, you know, it's Zeltinus I speak to on Google chat. But for example, one of the Keanos, let's say, I might start talking to him. And then in three hours time, he's been reported by somebody and he's taken off Twitter. So really, it depends on how long they'll talk to me for when they realise they're not getting anywhere and which platform they're on as to whether they've got the time to, you know, to try and hook me in. I'm just imagining what a scammer's, I don't know, computer or phone like looks like. And I'm just imagining like, it's just like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook Messenger and LinkedIn and like all these things where you can get someone initially. And then oh, dating sites. They are all uh, oh, over yeah. dating sites. Yeah. And that, and then also an additional second layer of like, okay, well, I have to get WhatsApp to remove them from the monitored platform. And then there's also Google chat. And then I assume there's like a bunch of other messengers. And so like, I just imagine these people have phones with like 80 apps that are all just oh, communication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, easily. And you can see why, because they're talking to dozens of women at the same time. You can see why they ask you the same question over and over again, because they've forgotten who you are. They don't know which one. <laughs> the amount of times I've been asked in one day, have you eaten yet? And I think, my God, are you a feeder? You know, the same person has asked me five times of the day, have you eaten? I'll say, yes, someone's head. Oh, okay, that's nice, dear. You know, so it's, it's either because it's a different person that's come on shift or that person has forgotten that they've asked you because they're talking to so many other women. 
<laughs> Sorry, just my goodness, are you a feeder? Like, hey, 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 I'm the one with fetishes here, okay? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also wanted to steer here a bit and talk about that. I, I'm surprised at the sheer volume of messages that you're getting. And I also wanted to cl- clarify something here for the audience, which is that what you're receiving and sharing online isn't just romance scammers, but there's also... Like, there's a lot of harassment I've seen. There's there's dick pics, there's weird body photos, there's verbal insults. And so I have two questions here to the volume and, like, the things that absolutely blend into harassment. First on the volume, are you receiving what you think is the average amount of romance scam invitations? Because to me, that seems like a ton, but I'm just a guy on the internet. And so I don't have nearly as much experience as I think the average experience of the average woman online. And that's my question is this, do you think you get a lot or do you think you get the amount that everyone else does? No, I get far, far more than the average. And the reason for that is very simple. Once you start engaging with scammers, your name goes onto what they call a suckers list. So your details are then sold and more scammers will will try and engage with you because you're seen as a, as a viable target, as somebody who will engage. So a little bit like if you imagine that you you give your details to a company and they sell it on to a load of cold calling companies, it's absolutely the same as that. There's so much organisation to this crime that I had no idea about. Yeah, um, yeah this is it. I mean, crazy. a lot of people, and believe me, this does exist, but a lot of people will imagine romance fraud to be, you know, some guy sitting on his own with his laptop doing this. And yes, of course that happens, but it is a lot more organised than that because... You know, at the end of the day, a lot of people have to be taught. So, you know, there's evidence of of scamming schools, for example, in Accra, the, the capital of Ghana. So it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And there's no signs of it going away. In fact, quite the opposite. I'm OK. I'm sorry. There are. <laughs> that was a lot to try and grasp as a person that's never heard of it. So you're saying there are like schools that teach how to scam like informal right but people getting into a room and like us like learning like absolutely this is how you okay yeah i mean if you if you think of the um a classic pyramid scheme you know the people who join at the bottom they still have to be taught how to do that so that the people further up can earn money and it's exactly the same with romance fraud so you might get let's say five new recruits and of course you'll get them into a room and you'll teach them how to you know to go onto the correct dating sites the phrases to use when i was writing the book i was lucky enough to get hold of a script that they use and that they give out to scammers so it's you know it's a learning process the same as any other job because that's what it is to, to to people it's their job it's their career if you like um i mean i would say I have no personal evidence of a school, mm-hmm. but I have spoken anecdotally to a lot of people throughout research, uh, th- you know, throughout the, the period of research I did, who have, you know, come across people who've willingly admitted that they've been taught in one of these sort of pop-up schools. Yeah. A couple of times also, you've mentioned that sometimes the the way these things are structured are similar to pyramid schemes. Um, you know, people at the bottom and, and the money they get is going to people above them. And I think it's so interesting that like, I've been so focused on the fact that they're scammers, they're criminals that uh, like, I just, if you told me about a pyramid scheme against anyone else, I would be like, I would, I would hook into that. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're getting scammed 
through the pyramid scheme that they're a part of. But yeah. here I'm like, yeah, it serves them right. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? How, you know, your, your kind of level of morality, uh, you know, really, really <laughs> shifts when you know who you're dealing with. Yeah. I, on that, like, right, on when you know the kind of person you're dealing with, I wanted to get back to that thing that, You've gotten a lot of dick pics, is from what I can understand. Oh, and I know, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and how do you? Yes, how do you find? Like, how do you just deal with that? Even right now, it was so breezy in the way you refer, like you you referenced it. How do you sort of find the willpower to just keep doing this? You know, especially for the more offensive messages and behavior. Yeah, I mean, the dick pics. You know, the explicit images. There are times when I do take a couple of weeks off social media and it tends to be for that reason because although I am very blasé and when I get a new one through, I think, oh, great, what can I do to you? <laughs> I do think, you know, I often think, oh, God, is this is this the state of the world? Is this, yeah. is this what men are? <laughs> you know? So I have to take a bit of a break just so that I don't lose faith in all of humanity and all of mankind. It's a tricky one, if I'm honest, and they're harder to deal with because you don't quite know what they want. And, and what I mean by that is that the images that I get, and I don't know why I get these in particular, are men who are, how can I say this, under-endowed, let's say. <laughs> now, what they want is for you to say, there's nothing there, that's awful, you know, you're you're oh. horrendous, you're disgusting. Now, yeah. those men have got a humiliation kink. So if you say these things to them, you're giving them what they want. And they particularly like it if you shame them on Twitter by saying, look at this disgusting man, look how small this is. That's what they love. And it's a strange kink, but each to their own. So what I do with these guys is take them off topic entirely. So I've managed to send two men to see their doctors um, just by pointing out like a worrying mole or, um, you know, something that I that I feel is, is you know, not going yeah. on right with their chest or something. And, and, you know, I've had two men actually go to the doctor and I've loved it. I've been so pleased. Uh, yes. I've had a couple where they've said, look at this, look how, look, look at how enormous this is. And I said, well, it's not as enormous as mine. Like, what? Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I really like to, to kind of, not do what they want you to do. Yeah. And eventually, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, you know, you're just, you're ridiculous. You're an awful woman. I mean, I've been called out. There's this one guy in particular who's hassled me for months and he's been so horrible to me because I, because he said that I've been nasty to him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, those ones are a bit harder to deal with psychologically because it does sort of feel just a bit repulsive after a while. Yeah. How long did it take you to know or be able to sort of identify, like, this is what this person is after when it isn't a romance scam? Because that's a, that's everything you just said feels extremely nuanced. It feels like something that mm. required a lot of understanding. And as a, a brief, like, kind of way to explain it, I, I used to. I used to volunteer for a suicide prevention hotline and we also had people who called who were just looking for a fight. Like that's what they wanted. Yeah. But we had a hundred or so volunteers. And so we had this sort of like group 
understanding where we could all add to the conversation. And that took like, that took like a hundred people to identify, you know, what these traits were. And you're doing it here on your own. And so I'm wondering how long does it take to come to these very astute observations? I think with the guys who send the explicit images, if I can be frank for a moment, when they send you an image of something less than average, let's say significantly (laughs) less than average, and the wording is, look at this giant offering, or, you know, but but in more disgusting language, you know immediately because they're not silly. They know that they haven't got this giant offering. (laughs) So you know that what they want is for you to correct them. Now, that, I guess, was kind of instinctive. Um, and then I did actually start looking it up just in case I was wrong. Um, and there is such a thing as a, as a humiliation kink. So, yeah, it sort of started off with they must be looking for me to say the opposite. Otherwise, why would they bother? Ah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, I think my brain had fired correctly the first time that I saw that. And then, you know, a yeah. few Google search... I mean, God, my Google search history. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Um, a, a few Google searches later, and it, it turns out that actually that is what they want you to do. Um, so I'll just make sure that I don't do it. But, fingers crossed, I haven't had any of those for a little while. The, the two guys who tended to harass me the most have, have gone a bit quiet. That's good. Uh, screw them, you know. Um, yeah, we don't we don't swear on this podcast, so I can't say what I would say. Um, quite, quite. <laughs> I've been I've been biting my own lip. I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to round out here and ask. You know, you've seen a lot of these things. You've seen a lot of how scammers work and what they do and what they open with. And so I just wanted to end with potentially some advice. What advice do you have for folks who? are facing these types of scams or who maybe don't know how to spot one? Hmm. Well, there's a lot to go into there, but I guess briefly, what I would say is in terms of red flags, there will be the language that they use. So people often will start with hello dear, which again is something that is sort of a colloquialism which comes from West Africa and they apparently greet with hello dear uh, which is something that we don't do so much in in britain and i don't think you do it over in the states but no um, no yeah so that's something to look out for so it's hello dear hello honey hello queen something that you wouldn't really do if you were just messaging somebody out of the blue it's it's over familiar there's also the the story that they will give you so for example the oil rig the military personnel a doctor or a surgeon working abroad is always one to look out for because again as lay people we don't know what happens in a you know in a field hospital in the middle of Afghanistan we you know generally we've got no idea the celebrities of course you know <laughs> celebrities have on twitter it's been quite easy because celebrities have had the blue tick but of course now there's this whole being able to pay for a blue tick it blurs the boundaries a little but what i will say is a celebrity will never ever ask for money um at all there's also one thing that i've I've done a, a few presentations now for the fraud industry crazily and one thing i will say is that there are 
parallels between victims of romance fraud and victims of domestic abuse in terms of the way that the perpetrator operates. So it's another thing to look out for in that they will try and isolate you from friends and family. So they'll say to you, you know, there's no need to tell your sister about me. You know, your 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 mum and dad don't they don't care about you as much as I do. You know, there's this kind of whole feeling of guilt and shame, which again the perpetrator will really, really sort of hone in on because they won't want you to you know to report them so there's a there's a whole lot that I could go into around that but that's just a sort of a couple of things photos are an interesting one they're not red flags but what I would always say is if you start speaking to somebody who you've had no interaction with at all always try and do a reverse image search the military personnel in particular are are very very easily stolen because you know an an army guy away from home might have an instagram account where he puts pictures up of him doing this that and the other very manly things so of course a scammer will think oh great you know women will love that look at this big hunk if you do a reverse image search you're very very likely to find that it's not the not the person who you think you're talking to you know and a lot of these images will have been photoshopped as well to be honest david I, i could talk to you for three or four hours about red flags and and you know but they're probably the, the the biggest ones i would say would you recommend that anyone does what you do or would no. you not recommend okay yeah no absolutely <laughs> yeah. not yeah <laughs> um the, the reason being i started doing this out of boredom and it became i guess like a passion project And of course, then I got the book deal from it and I started doing an absolute ton of research. And I've talked, I've spoken to so many victims, you know, people that I've interviewed for the book and people that I've spoken to, you know, with no intention of including their story. And as soon as you engage, you get put on one of these suckers lists, which means that you're going to be inundated. Now, that in itself is incredibly frustrating. There is also the risk that once you engage, they will use your photograph to, I mean, for example, there's, there's several accounts with my photograph being used on Twitter to try and scam other people you know so you open yourself up to a lot of nonsense now I'm fortunate in that I've been researching this for so long that it's it no longer seems like a big deal to me but I'm also very wary that the people I'm dealing with are quite dangerous so what I would say is although it's fun to kind of mess around I I would suggest just blocking and reporting I think it makes perfect sense. Becky, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on today's show. I cannot believe some of the things that we had that were said in this episode, I think are top contenders for best sentences ever said. <laughs> okay. The realization I talk a lot about cannibalism. Fantastic. Oh, yes. <laughs> really like dead bodies. Wonderful. <laughs> Z- you know, a uh, big one. Is this what men are? Love <laughs> yes. that. Um, all fantastic thank you so much for coming on today's show you're very welcome I've very much enjoyed it to our listeners we'll talk to you again in two weeks until then stay tuned and stay safe and remember you can read all our cybersecurity coverage on Mauerbytes Labs at mauerbytes.com slash blog and you can also read our most recent report 
the 2023 State of Malware, which reveals the top five cyber threats targeting businesses this year, along with important data on how cyber criminals have responded to our industry's increasing capabilities to keep them out. You can download and read the 2023 State of Malware report now by visiting malwarebytes.com slash S-O-M. That's S-O-M as in State of Malware. Again, find the report at malwarebytes.com slash S-O-M. Finally, our intro music is by Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech.com, and our outro music is by Woa from Unminus.com. Today's show was edited by Eric Johnson from LightningPod.fm. Thank you, folks. Thank you.